everyone, and welcome to Asian Pacific Voices Radio, where you'll find stimulating conversations that explore diverse topics and stories impacting our communities. I'm your host, Rasha Gowell, and joining me today is our special guest, Erica Eng. Erica is a fifth-generation Chinese-American director based out of Los Angeles. Her film, Americanized, screened at Atlanta Film Festival, Newport Beach, Cleveland International, and Urban World, among many others. The film, based on her experiences playing high school basketball, took home 25 awards, including Best Short Film, Young Sinistus Award, and Best Narrative Short at various festivals, and became Oscar-qualified after winning Best Dramatic Short at CineQuest. Erica's latest film, Off Fairfax, is a comedic mystery thriller that hit the festival circuit playing at Slamdance and Holly Shorts after premiering at Tribeca Film Festival. Meanwhile, Erica's next film, The Ghost, produced by Disney's Launchpad Shorts Incubator Program, alongside executives from Marvel Studios and Lucasfilm, is a coming-of-age drama and horror that were released on the Disney Plus platform this year. Inspired by her Oakland roots, Erica creates work that reflects the diverse community in which she grew up. Her combined background in cinematography and dance influences the rhythm and energy behind her visual story. Erica Eng, welcome to our show. I'm so thrilled to be speaking with you today. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, I love that you have a dance background. I have a dance background too. This is so, so, so exciting. Um, yeah. I'm going to start off talking to you about, you are now a fifth generation Chinese American director. So if you could start off just talking to us about your life growing up, when did your family move here and anything, any Chinese traditions that were passed down to you at home? Yeah. I mean, that's a really tough question because um, I know my grandmother and my grand and her father were born in Pittsburgh, California. I actually don't know where they're from. So um, that was always kind of something that I felt um, a little sad about before they passed. I just never really figured out like where, the, what village or anything like that. But um, yeah, they're from Pittsburgh, California. They grew up on a farm. And then my dad moved to San Francisco when he was a kid. And um, I grew up in Oakland. So yeah, it's just kind of like a weird, long story about my family. But I think like growing up with Chinese traditions, we are inherently Chinese. I felt like to be Chinese, you had to like speak a language or do something specific that I felt like I was totally out of the loop. But I think like as I got older into my late 20s, I realized like so being Chinese is just inherent. It's something that you just kind of grew up with those particular values besides just celebrating Chinese New Year. <laughs> right. And Happy New Year as well. Thank you. Um, you know, so are you the first person in your family that is working in the industry? Were there others? No. <laughs> my, dad, uh, my mom worked at, um, she did like more like advertising and um, for a bank. And then my dad was in real estate and, but he had a lot of odd jobs. He was like a manager at a rest, a couple of restaurants, like a dive of chocolates or just like, um, so he, they were not really into the industry at all. And my sisters are artists. Ah, so then what inspires you to become a film director? And are there any specific genres or content that you focus on when you're working? Oh, man. I mean, I grew up in Oakland and I wanted to make films as a kid, honestly, because I hated school and I loved watching television. It was really that simple. <laughs> I was just like a kid watching television and cartoons. And I was like, I'm going to do that. And so when I had a computer uh, class and they taught us how to do animation, I was telling my teacher, because, you know, this this ages me. This is when Pixar first came to um, the Bay Area. I was like, I want to do animation. I want to do that. 
And he's like, oh, well, you should learn how to make films and because it's all about filmmaking. And so he was the first person that kind of implanted that idea in my head. That was such a broad idea. I had no idea how to do it. But I worked at a local TV station in the Bay Area uh, called KDOL. And I learned like the camera stuff. And I knew some photography that my dad taught me. But I felt like that really initiated like, oh, wow, this is a world that I love. I love being active. I love working with my hands. And that's just kind of how I started. And um, my mentors showed me like Michelle Gondry and Spike Jones, And I knew a lot of rappers. And so I was like, I just want to be a music video director and make cool shit. And that was really just kind of set me on my path to filmmaking was like, I want to be a music video director. I love that. Uh, but so you started off in animation and then it just kind of changed over time. It's more just I loved animation. I loved art because my family, they, they do like fine art, but it really more was like a physical like photography and, you know, working with, you know, music videos. Because like I said, we're, we're both dancers and you dance and I... Um, I was really inspired by working with music and I didn't know how to write anything. So I was like, Hey, you're a rapper. I'm a filmmaker. Let's make some music videos. I love that. Well, if you ever want to do anything with Indian dancing, let me know. That's my yeah. stuff. <laughs> <laughs> now you're an Asian American artist in this entertainment space. Um, we all have our different challenges growing up on our journey. Could you talk about maybe some of these challenges that you've had to overcome and how did you move past them? Oh man, I think when I started, I started so young, I was a teenager and I think that I didn't, when I first won my festival at, at San Francisco International and I won like money from it, um, as a teenager, I thought like, oh, I'm great. Like, I'm like, oh, this is like a career. And then I turned 18 and I started entering into the adult like festival and film world. I'm like, oh, no, I'm total shit. I have nothing. Um, I'm not compared to anybody else. But I think like growing up with that confidence, because I was a really determined kid and I made a lot of stuff when I was little. I think that confidence really helped me going into film school and going into the industry because I had a reel and I had films to show for it. A lot of people didn't have that. So I felt like when I was a kid, I didn't really know I was different. Mm -hmm. And my dad, I mean, I'm like one of like three daughters. And so it was like a lot of women in my family. So I never really used like my gender, how I looked as like, oh, that's, you know, that's going to be a hard thing to overcome. But I think like, you know, when going through film school and going through the industry, you kind of do realize how different you are and how women are treated so differently. Um, I don't really think it's because of how I look like racially, um, but I think when it comes to opportunity and that's why there's a lot of diversity programs, it's because we don't get those opportunities to, you know, expand our careers or, um, you know, take chances and work on larger projects. And so that's why I, you know, applied to Disney Launchpad program. I was in another program for commercial directing. And these opportunities are the only opportunities that really gave me the the chance to, you know, be a director. Oh, I love that. I love, and I love that you've con like committed and continued on that pathway, right? Despite whatever hurdles may have been there. I want to talk to you about Americanized. Um, I'm so fascinated that it won 25 awards and it's based on your experience of playing high school basketball. So if you could share with our audiences a little bit more about the film and how long it took you to produce it and what was your, what was your personal message behind this film? Yeah. I mean, I made the film, I thought of the film in 2015, like when I was still an assistant working in the industry, 
and I never written anything. I was always like, you know, still trying to be a music video director. And then I came up with the idea and it took me a year to write uh, because also trying to write about my experiences being Chinese American, it was really hard to boil down everything I've learned in my life down to like a day in the life of a girl. And um, so I, it took me a really long time to write, but I honestly shot it because I felt like there's a lot of Asian American stories being appreciated in the industry. They had like Crazy Rich Asians. They had um, The Farewell. And I felt like my story actually had a place finally, because before that I was like, who's going to watch this? No one's really going to hear. And um, so I actually ended up shooting it because I wasn't getting any work as a director. And that happens. That's a really common, but I feel like if my career is not going to move, I'm going to move it for myself. And so I, um, I had a producer in the Bay Area that helped me put together a really amazing crew and I self-financed it myself and I shot it um, before the pandemic. And then during the pandemic, I was working in post and um, it was really a great experience is kind of like putting all my thoughts together. I felt like I still kind of always still feel this way as a director. I'm like, who's going to watch this? Like, no one's really going to care. Because <laughs> you don't make it for other people. You just make it like, I like this story. I think this is kind of cool. I hope other people think so too. And that's kind of really the thought behind it. And then I got rejected from some of the largest festivals. I'm like, oh shit, I really ruined my career. <laughs> I'm like, I dumped all this money and I'm not going anywhere. And what am I going to do with my life? And um, it actually ended up doing really well. Yeah, so you got rejected, but then you still ended up getting a lot of accolades and recognition for it, which is incredible. Yeah, um, you know, like as a filmmaker, you always want to go to like to the some of the um, fest, you know, like the Sundances and the South Bys of it all. And I was, um, and even directing labs, I was getting rejected from, and I was just like, I don't really know how to break in this industry. It's so difficult. But I think like what I really appreciate on the festival circuit is like, don't go for the festivals that like are shiny and like the prestige. Um, you can still go for the prestige, but go to places that really appreciate you. And the Cinequest is actually the festival that we pre world premiered at. And then we won the um, best narrative short and we became Oscar qualified in our first festival. See and that. that to me means so much more than anything else. Yeah, I think that's amazing. And I love that you said, don't necessarily go for all the shiny, polished looking ones, right? There's there's ample opportunities out there. And look and at that goes that for everything else. Too. Yep. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I think that goes for everything else. Like, don't go for all of these, like, oh, I want to do what everyone else is doing, or oh, this is a measurement of like how successful I am. I think like there's so many people that will appreciate you as an artist and just kind of keep within that community. I love that. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. But now here we are too. You also have experience in commercial work. You've directed for Facebook, Procter & Gamble, Verizon. You also were selected for Shoot Magazine's new director showcase and the Commercial Director's Diversity Program. So congrats, huge accomplishments. Of all these things that you've done, what still holds dear to your heart and why? Um, from film to commercials? Mm-hmm. Or in general, I mean, I think Americanized is like my baby. I spent like two years on it. <laughs> so like, I feel like that one really holds dear to my heart. Um, I think Homeboy Industries is a spec commercial that I did through the Commercial Director's Diversity Program. That one always holds like a special place in my heart because that was the, com the commercial that really set my career off. Before that, I was doing like a couple of shorts. I was doing a couple of specs. I really couldn't break into the commercial industry and um, I wrote that concept through the program and I shot it in two days for like zero money. And it helped me get some of the biggest campaigns 
that um, like I was wishing I could be a part of. And it really helped me like solidify myself as a storyteller, the kind of stories I like to tell. And so it's really hard to describe, but I think like Americanized and homeboy industries both combined together are two like respectively in the narrative in the commercial world exemplify what I want to do as a filmmaker. I see. And then going back to your latest project, Off Fairfax, which is a comedic mystery thriller, that's also hit the festival circuit. What is this film? What is this film about? And is it available to audiences for viewing? It's um, yeah, it's playing at Slam Dance next week, and then it will release online in February. Um, I actually came across the idea from the writer and creator Rel Battle. Um, he was on Superior Dones and Killing It. He's a, um, a writer and a comedian. And um, it's about three guys who try to solve a mystery um, at a diner. I can't really say much about it. Okay. Um, but the concept of the show, the actual show that they're developing is like um, three guys who try to solve black conspiracy theories on their lunch break. Ooh, that sounds really interesting. And then and you're trying to find like a, a mystery of the, they're trying to solve the mystery of a rapper who was killed. Okay. And then you've, but you've got your hands full. You've got your next project, The Ghost. Tell us about The Ghost. Yeah, um, The Ghost is about a 12-year-old girl who feels like her family doesn't understand her until they're taken away by a ghost and she has to go save them. And that was produced by um, the Disney's Launchpad Shorts Incubator Program, which is a program that I completed last year. Um, it was a year-long program. We get mentors from um, different kinds of um, you know, executives in the industry and uh, we had Trin at Marvel and Rachel at Lucasfilm, and they're both so lovely and really helped uh, kind of shape this film together. I was paired with the writer, Kevin Park, um, who wrote the script, and we developed it together, and we shot it last summer. Oh, I love, I'm so, I'm looking forward to all of this. I mean, I feel like you've really got your, your plate full. A, a lot of <laughs> I know that the industry has a way of making you feel like you're not doing enough, and so I'm sitting here like, oh. like I need to do more things. <laughs> And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. I have this on the festival circuit. I have this one coming out. And then like, what are you developing? I'm like, I don't know. I've been shooting. I've been directing. So um, I always have a way of feeling like I'm always behind. So I'm, you know, this year spending time developing a feature. And um, The Ghost is going to be coming out soon. And I'm really excited about everything that's going to come this year. Oh, we're, we're so excited for you. Any words of advice, um, of wisdom that you'd like to give to the younger generation for aspiring filmmakers and directors out there? Um, if you're an aspiring director and filmmaker, we all know that it sucks and it's really, really hard and it's going to be like that. And I think that the way that you can become successful is just sticking with it. It's honestly just like persistence and longevity. And if you can really stomach those lows, the highest will come, but they're going to come very slow. I like that. So you got to. That's positive enough. I mean, that's just like. You know, I think it, listen, you, you like, right out the wave. I think for anybody who works in the entertainment industry, right? We know this. It's something I face too, so I can relate to Erica. So it's almost like having the realistic approach of it, but really being able to find that balance for yourself, so you're not taken down or fall into this or sink into a hole where you can't come back up, right? 
Yeah, but it's also accepted because um, I I actually watch and research a lot of um, people in the industry. Like I read Tina Facebook, Amy Poehler's. I watch panels. I, I listen to podcasts with um, people in the industry. They all kind of say the same thing, but it's about the journey of like creating and not looking for like we're talking about these accolades or these like end goals. It can be about that, but I feel like we're so focused on these end goals. Like I want to be a director. I want to do this kind of film and we're not paying attention to what's happening right now in in our journey and i'm trying to you know remember that every single time i feel like i'm like i'm not going anywhere <laughs> or i'm not doing enough i always feel that way and i have to remember like it is a process i think like not getting opportunity early on really um hurt like my ego and it really hurt like my um drive but i feel like keeping persistent and always keeping passion is so important and remembering the work that you're doing not just the end goals I love that. And Erica, I feel like you do too. There's moments where I just feel like I'm not doing enough. So just know that you are not alone. Yeah. Maybe we need to create like a, a group therapy for all the people who feel like that in this industry and have like a chai yeah. chat, coffee chat over it. But it's, I mean, I think it, it's, yeah. a, it's a common, it's a common feeling. Well, I think that I really like the conversation, Russia, that you're having, because like, I think that people who are like kind of struggling in the industry and being Asian American women too, like I... I liked hearing about your experiences and, you know, us connecting on that way of like, it's hard, you know, like we want to say that us not getting opportunity is not because we're female, not because we're Asian. We just want to be like, oh, it's because we're green or maybe we haven't found the opportunity yet. But sometimes it is like sometimes it is about how we look. But I think like what we're talking about of being persistent so matters. And so like what in your career did you feel like, oh, this was oh God, am I getting anywhere? Like, what was that feeling before? Like, not your big break or that break that made you feel like, okay, now I'm somewhere. You know, I think that's an interesting question. Are you interviewing me now, Erica? I'm interviewing you. You know, here, what I want to add to that though, Erica, too, is I feel like that's a constant feeling, right? Because look, you get the big break, right? And you have that big opportunity. You get the big film or I get the big show. But that's also, it's, it's transcendental. Like it doesn't, it's not, it's, it's not going to stay there forever. So you do it, then it's done. And it's like, now what's next? Yeah. So that's why I feel like that feeling is something you have to come to terms with and know how to balance yeah. it because in this industry, it's always going to come there. And I really yeah. feel it's so important, um, especially as Asian American women to have the support for many. I mean, I can speak for myself. I I'm like the only person in my family who's also doing this. Mm -hmm. Um, nobody's from entertainment. So nobody really was able to guide me. I've had to pave my own pathway. And there were moments that, yes, I would be on the floor crying saying, mm -hmm. my God, I could have become a pharmacist. <laughs> I have the grades. I had, <laughs> I have been fine. Why am I doing yeah. this? But it's that passion, right? And I think it's also connecting with other people and letting them know that, hey, you know what? You're not alone. And yeah, you had it high and you had a low, but listen, it's going to fluctuate like this and we got to keep going. If you believe that you have a story to tell, if you believe that you're talent, if you believe that you connect with people, there's a reason you're doing this, right? And why you pick this path. That, that That's just something I, I kind of live by and think about. I totally agree. And I feel like I try to remember this too. And I learned this in middle school. I feel like our life is so cyclical in success and luck. 
we'll have the highs, but then I know when the highs come, there's going to be a low point, but you got to accept it. Like it can't just always be high and always be really great. It's going to come down. It's going to come up. And I was watching a panel um, with Chloe Zhao and we're just kind of talking about like, it doesn't matter if you have like your big break. There's no such thing as a big break. Amy Poehler says the same thing. A lot of people even who win Academy Awards say the same thing. You can win an Academy Award, but you still can't get through that door. You still can't get through certain meetings. And if you do, it's not going to materialize. So what can you do? And it's really just, again, persistence and passion and not, look, if that door is not going to open, it's going to be okay. I've been in the industry since 2008. I moved to in LA. It took me over a decade to be an actual director. And to be a director full time. And people think like, oh, I just came to LA. It's going to happen in a couple of years. No, man, it took me like 13 years. So, you know what I mean? You know, I, I literally, I just did an event with Priyanka Chopra. And I was just telling her about how I'm grateful to what she's stood for and how she's helping pave the way. And it was so beautiful because she took a moment and she said, it's taken 10 years. Yes. And I said, I know, I know. People <laughs> looking right at me may not see that because she's, she's been a huge international star, but here in Hollywood. And even then, you know, you're still just trying to knock on those, on those doors and navigate. Um, Erica, I do want to ask you this because we talked a lot about the film and the entertainment industry, but what else are you passionate about? What, what else do you enjoy when you're not working? Oh my gosh. That's such a great question that I should be able to answer. Um, honestly, what I, what makes me so passionate about this industry, I'm just going to say this one is that I feel like for me, filmmaking is like a lifestyle. It's not just like a career. It's just something that I always do. So when I'm watching television or watching a movie, I'm always analyzing it. I, I genuinely love watching films and television. That's why I got into this is because I don't like to read as much and I didn't like homework. I got into it because I really just like love the visual format. And so when I'm not doing it, I'm like creating something else or I'm thinking about something else. But if I can say like a hobby, like I love cooking. I actually love the show um, Top Chef so much. And I have a philosophy too that I feel like being a chef is just like being a filmmaker. Like you can start from the bottom as a dishwasher or PA and then you work your way up through all these different positions in the kitchen to become a chef or an executive chef. But sometimes people just get there. You know, sometimes you can skip that PA route and just become a chef. Um, sometimes it's like, you know, your family works in it. So you work in it too. But I feel like what stays consistent is having a voice, whether it's your art, like your food or your filmmaking, you have a voice, you have a style, you have a story to tell and you do it through your medium, whether it is photography, film, painting, or food. I love that. I love that. And you mentioned, um, your, your passion about visual, right? So as a director and cinematographer, what is it that you love about this work? What, what just drives you? I mean, I studied cinematography in college. And when I was a kid doing music videos, I'd shoot myself. And I think what I loved about it was just visuals. I'm a big visual person. And that's why I love being so close to my cinematographers and in the color process, because I feel like that's so part of my storytelling. I think that some directors are really good with like their writing and developing a character. And with my background in more visuals, I'm learning that as I go. So with Americanized, it was a really good chance for me to learn character and to learn like, oh, what kind of people that I, I like to talk about. But I think that with cinematography, it taught me exactly the kind of visual storyteller I want to be. And similar like with, you know, how I block my actors and work 
work with the camera movement, that's all dance. It's all choreography. So when mm-hmm. I was doing Americanized, I was doing the basketball scene and in the game, like, oh my God, how'd you shoot it? It's like, it's just blocking. <laughs> like yeah. you hit your marks and then you do this and then you add some emotion to it. So I was like, yeah, it's just like dance. So true. Okay. So we have to talk about what kind of dance you enjoy. I, well, when I was a kid, I learned a modern contemporary. And of course I did hip hop. Um, as an adult, I'm a little out of shape. And so, <laughs> you know, you kind of lose it after a while, but I've actually been looking for some more classes here to kind of get back into it. Um, but I really felt like when I was doing dance, it had a way of teaching you creativity without any tools because your tools, your body. Yeah. It's so meditative. It's like, I have everything I need to succeed on my body. So what can I do? What kind of story do I want to tell through this music? Oh, that's so perfectly worded. <laughs> that's how I feel too. You know, I, I lost touch as well. I, mm-hmm. I trained in ballet and jazz and then Indian dancing in mm-hmm. Bollywood. Um, and I haven't danced for years. And I, I feel mm-hmm. like that too. Like I need to get back in. But I do feel that like there's this, this sense of freedom. Yeah. And you're just in your own world and you really are, you're, you're letting loose, yeah. you're letting loose to create. And there really is a magic to that. Yeah. It's a beautiful feeling. It's a beautiful feeling. Erica, where can people find you? Yeah. So my website is just www.ericaing.com and my Instagram handle is Miss Erica Ng, M-I-S-S-E-R-I-C-A-E-N-G. Thank you so much. All right, everyone. Well, I have had such a beautiful time speaking with Erica today. I want to thank you, Erica Eng, for joining us on today's show. And again, to learn more about her, uh, you can hit up her social media handle, Miss Erica Eng, as she just gave to us, and her website. And do check out her continued work and what she is going to be bringing to our world. Thank you for having me. We'd also love to hear from you, our our listeners, our valued listeners, about any suggestions that you may have for future guests or topics. And don't forget to subscribe to your favorite podcast platform, as well as you could follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Now, Asian Pacific Voices Radio is produced by Asian Culture and Media Alliance. We are a nonprofit that empowers our Asian and Pacific Islander communities with a voice through media arts. If you would like to support our program, please do visit us at Asian Pacific bigvoicesradio.com. I'm Rasha Goel. Thank you once again for listening and supporting us. And please join us next week for another exciting and thought-provoking Asian Pacific Voices radio show. Take care and have a wonderful, wonderful day.